What is going on, people? It's the Fly Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Martin Novak. For this week's episode, I have D. Wayne Walker on. Uh, D. Wayne is the manager of the Quad Force One team in the DCL League, uh, Team America, basically, if you guys haven't heard of it. And I hadn't heard much about him or this team. I knew what it was, but Soren reached out, Fat Kid FPV, who I had on a few episodes ago, and said, I think this would be a good candidate for your show. And he was damn right, so shout out Soren. Uh, D. Wayne was a really cool guest because he'd never been outside of the country. You know, he's he used to be a cop, had a couple successful businesses. Like, he's definitely a go-getter, and he knew how to adapt to this, but not being outside of the country or traveling a lot or doing anything like this to flying around the world, you know, managing a team of really fast FPV pilots trying to win races is a really cool story. And I enjoyed this episode. So I hope you guys do too. Um, and stay tuned on my Instagram for the giveaway I will be announcing tomorrow. And until then, I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, awesome. Well, then let's just roll into it. Tell the world who you are and what you do, man. My name is D. Wayne Walker, the D, my pilot name, and I am the team manager for Quad Force One DCL uh, Drone Lanch, Drones Champions League. Sorry. And how the hell did you end up in that role? Like, how does a guy with Never. your American accent end up in Switzerland talking about FPV right now? <laughs> Martin, man, uh, anybody that's friends with me on Facebook, and hopefully we will be after this, uh, man, I, I'm i 43 years old. Um, that glare is kind of... Oh, you're good. Uh, 43 years old, man. Um, I was a Memphis policeman for uh, almost 14 years, and... Um, I got I don't know I got a really nasty scar on my on my right elbow where I had two surgeries and uh, two surgeries they messed up my arm and uh, made me retire. Man, that's all I that's all I'd ever done. I didn't know anything else. Um, so, uh, man, I uh, I started a, uh, a lawnscape landscape business. Uh, very successful with that and uh, built it up, sold it. Uh, moved on to uh, home services. Home services is where uh, I saw a lot of the uh, the future in. Uh, so I started a home service company and had you know seven employees, you know guys that worked for me and stuff like that. And then we maintained probably anywhere from two thousand twenty five hundred homes, personal homes, uh, rental homes, and things like that. <clears throat> and then a, a property management company that my wife works for, uh, they decided to, they wanted to buy me out. So they bought me out. And about that time is uh, when I found out my dad had uh, brain cancer. And he uh, gave me the opportunity to sell that and kind of just spend, you know, the last days with him, um, you know, fighting, fighting that evil battle. Uh, and then... My brother-in-law, he uh, he makes well over six figures, and his hobbies are they come with the wind. You know what I mean? And uh, I think a lot and, of people with it. pockets like that kind of have that trend. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So, so what? Uh, so what I did was uh, I, I went in there, and man, he sold me I think five model airplanes, a DX8, a DX6. 
uh man five quads battery chargers batteries i mean just uh i mean it was probably like legit you know maybe four grand worth of stuff 300 bucks yeah. 300 bucks <laughs> the kiss man. your free time starter so, package goodbye right right yeah. and you know came with the the fat shark goggles and you know and all that kind of stuff well i, I really wasn't into it i didn't know anything really about it but i saw that hey there's enough in this where I can at least break it up and make a, a pretty good profit from it. So, um, so you know, I had a lot of downtime, so I started, you know, tinkering with it and stuff like that. And, man, really got uh, a love of respect for the hobby because you have to be, you know, your, your crew chief. You're, you know, you're every single person of a, of a race team. You have to be yourself plus the pilot. You know what I mean? And... And, you know, just dealing with electronics and knowing how to build and, you know, and troubleshoot and things like that, it, um, it, it sparked my interest. So, uh, man, fighting and fighting and fighting with it, um, I finally broke down and went to a local hobby shop and said, hey, man, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And yeah. uh, he put me in, in touch with uh, 901, um, you familiar with them, mm -mm. Uh, uh, out of Memphis. Uh, you, you heard of Team White Goat? Uh -uh. Well, um, okay, I should um, I should preface this too. This is why I want to have you on the show. I'm like so removed from racing. Like the only oh, races wow. I've been to are like tiny whip races. So I thought this would be a really good avenue, you know, because like I fly all the time, but I just never got that into racing. Right. But I think like the advent of what FPV racing is going to be in the future is starting to happen now. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I, uh, I'm very lucky, very lucky. Well, I don't say lucky, just blessed that, uh, I, I've, I've found to be in the right place at the right time. So, uh, so anyway, so, uh, 90, I met up with 901, um, Adrian Adams, his name's It's Charles, his pilot's name, and, um, Alec Lundy, um, uh, Lundy FPV is his name. I met him up at a park, didn't know him from Adam. Man, they, uh, Trouble, you know, got my quad, troubleshot it for me, got me flying and invited me out to fly with them and stuff like that. Never even met these dudes before, man. And they just, just kind of embraced me as, you know, hey, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll show you the way, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and I, and I love that. I love that because, you know, just, you know, 901, we, we have a, a fairly large club in Memphis. And we have FedEx pilots. We have, you know, kids in school. You know, we have welders. We have, you know, all different walks of life. And, and man, and it's like when we get out there, we, we're all family. Yeah. And, and that right there just speaks volumes, volumes. I mean, no lie. Like, like all of us talk every day, you know, every day. You know, and it is, um, and, uh, Lucas, uh, Lucas Dearborn, uh, Droner, he, uh, uh, I was introduced to him and he, uh, was going through some, some similar things I was going through and, uh, we kind of connected and, you know, we just, uh, formed a really, really great bond. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, I love his kids like they're my own, um, you know, it, like I said, you know, I really have, I have very few friends. I have a lot of family. So it just uh, went into that and I saw the, uh, the awesome aspect of, of racing, you know what I mean? And, and how drones, you couldn't give me an example of a situation where I couldn't tell you how drones, 
uh, couldn't help you in that situation, you know, and, and, and I'm, and with, with my, um, business background and, and stuff like that and Droner and <clears throat> Lucas's, you know, knowledge of the hobby and stuff like that. I mean, it, it seemed like it was, you know, something special that was, was brought together. And, um, you know, we, we ran a couple of races and got, you know, a lot of people, you know, organized a lot and stuff like that. And, and then, um, you know, keep, you know, a long story short, uh, that mayhem, a mayhem race is coming up in New Orleans. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Yeah, I've heard some it's, stuff uh, about that. Dawn, yeah. yeah, dawn till dusk. It's 12 hours of just quad racing, burning through packs for 12 hours. It's a team race. That's badass. And that Le Mans. Vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's like a whole another side note because that weekend's my wife's birthday weekend and. I'm trying to talk her into let's go to let's go to Bourbon Street and celebrate your birthday. And by the way, they've got this you know That's race a pretty going good on. Style, though. Bourbon Street's pretty fun. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. So, so I think I've got a good chance. I think I've got a really good chance. So, um, so anyway, uh, Lucas's uh, grandfather passed uh, late last year, and he's from Maine, and they're doing a memorial for him uh, that weekend up in Maine. So he couldn't go with Team White Goat. So uh, a good buddy of theirs, uh, Alex Campbell, uh, the chief, uh, he's on uh, Team uh, Quad Force One from uh, USA. Uh, they got to talking or whatever, and he was asking them, asking Lucas if he knew a guy that, uh, you know, would be interested in being a team manager and, you know, things like that. And he's like, man, I got the perfect guy for you. So uh, he just kind of introduced us there, and man, uh, one thing that anybody can tell you about me is anything I do, I give it 110 percent, 110 percent. It's just you know one of the the wonderful things that uh, one of many things. I Probably learned why you sold two businesses too. Right, right. It's like it's like you know, I've you know I start this thing out as an infant and just love to watch it grow, you know, and. You know, doors open and close all the time, you know, and you just got to know which ones to walk through. Yeah, ain't that the truth. Um, so you end up being the Quad Force One team manager through this, like, right. string of okay. hobby friendships and, like, cool cool people meetings. Really, I think it's just, like, oh, any, yeah. most cool sure. FPV stories have to do with passion. Like, I oh, think my gosh. it's a combination of loving it and realizing the moment is right and you got to run with it. You know, right, like right. Steel, who I right. had on oh, last yeah. week, I think was like the first one in FPV that was like, hey, I got this thing. If I gave it like 110, I think I could make it something. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and the story just gets even crazier from there. Um, you know, we started doing a lot of traveling and things like that to races. And uh, Lucas and I, uh, well, I mean, I basically hitched a ride with him to Atlanta. We or he filmed uh, some stuff for uh, BF Goodrich ti- or Goodyear Tires um, out at Atlanta Motorsports Park, you know, so chasing rad. race cars and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, man, it's awesome, awesome. Um, so me, me and Lucas have, have spent a lot, of, uh, a lot of hours traveling and talking and stuff like that. Well, uh, we went to national championships in, uh, for multi-GP in um, February. Uh-huh. Okay. We uh, we stayed and we got an Airbnb there and stayed with a bunch of guys from Houston and San Antonio. Man, uh, Neil Mark, um, grower, 
Man, super nice guy, super. Like I said, man, I haven't met anybody in this sport that has been a douche. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's true. Or if they if they are, they they don't last long. You yeah. know. Um, but it's not for a lack of of trying to convert them to optimism. You know what I mean. So um, so we we get back that that sun or that Monday night late. Monday night back into Memphis and uh, find out about this. I think that Tuesday or Wednesday set up a, a phone interview Thursday and then Friday they offer it to me and they're like, hey, by the way, can you uh, go to Cannes, France next week? <laughs> you know, and I didn't even have a passport. I didn't even have a passport. That next Monday was President's Day. So I got on the phone immediately, and I found the closest passport office to me. Which got that four hundred dollar passport, <laughs> dude. No, it's even better than that. I got up. I got up at three o'clock uh, one morning, drove four hours to Little Rock, so I could be there at eight o'clock in the morning when they open. I paid one hundred and thirty-five dollars for my passport and my passport card. Did all did everything right there. Took maybe fifteen minutes. Had to stay in Hot Springs for, you know, about six, seven hours. Got my passport right then. Drove that day? Home. That day. Dude, that's that a dream. Day. I just went through this kind of passport situation last, like, back in October, and that is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I, uh, I got back that Tuesday, and then that next day at 4 o'clock, I was on a plane leaving to fly to France. For the DCL draft. See to your pants. Man, <laughs> dude, I've never even been out of the country before, except for like the Caribbean and stuff like that. Yeah. And and, and me and my wife have been together for uh, almost 19 years now. Man, and, and, and we, she's my best friend. I mean, she's my best friend. When you're married to your best friend, man, life is awesome. Life is awesome. I, like, I always say that without her, I'm lost. And everybody that knows me can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. Like, you know, she's at home scrambling, trying to get everything ready for me to send me out of the country. And, and you know, and then, you know, me having to fly, you know, halfway around the world, you know, by myself and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, I'm 43 years old. I, it's time to, you know, get off that tit and explore the world <laughs> yeah. for myself, you know? Yeah, straight up. So, so yeah, so... I flew from uh, Memphis to Charlotte, and then Charlotte to London, and then London to Nice, France, and then uh, jumped on a train to to Cannes, France. Didn't know one person there. I, I ran into uh, Rand Brewer. Um, he's a guy that flies out of Little Rock. Uh, really great guy. Really great guy. Um, I think Rand FPV. I think that's his name. I, I'm sure I'll, I'll find out here in just a minute or, you know, whenever this airs. Yeah. But um, anyway, he's the only guy I knew, and he's 15, 16 years old, you know. So, uh, but I, I was thrown into meetings all day, every day, and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, the, whole, the whole flight over there, man, I was constantly doing my research on DCL, reading the rule sets, reading, you know, everything I could get my hands on, doing my homework so that when I got there I didn't – Looked like a total dumbass, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, got there, did my homework, um, you know, uh, never, oh, I mean, I've met Evan Turner a couple of times um, uh, on Quad Force One, but uh, every other guy, I never met him, never met him. Uh, so they basically trusted me to fly over to France and draft some guys for 
Quad Force One, never have met them. You know what I mean? So I, uh, I, I did my due diligence and my homework and, you know, stuff like that. And I picked six guys, uh, the most that anybody picked in the, in the draft. Um, so anyway, so I got all that done and got back home and this was our first race and man, I had to hit the floor running, running. Um, man, the, uh, I, I, we left to fly to Switzerland yesterday afternoon at 5.30 when our plane left. The motors for my team came. They were delivered to my door yesterday at 3 o'clock. We were literally loading up the car to come to the airport when the DHL guy delivered my motors for my team. So Gee. I had dude, my backpack. It already weighs 30 pounds from batteries and parts and everything else. And then I had to find where I was going to put 32 sets of motors. 32 you know? sets? 32 sets of motors. I mean, dude, that's 32 this is, boxes. It's, this is so funny, right? Because, like, this is – that's such an issue. Uh, but, you know, like three years ago looking on FPV racing, like, you know, these are like big league problems. These aren't like hobbyist at the field on a Saturday problems. This is like, yeah, we right. got to get on this international flight. Our like F1 engine blocks haven't shown up yet. You know, yeah, it's yeah. getting oh, pretty well. intense. Do you, oh. do you feel like, um, you know, like this whole process, do you ever feel like you like take a step back from it and you're like, holy shit, how, where did this last like 12 months or like, is there like a time warp to where you are in Zurich right now to like when you got that first quad that you're sometimes like, how the hell did this all happen? Man, I haven't had a chance. <laughs> I cool. had a keep, chance keep it going, man. Down. Don't dwell on it. Keep like, it going. Like for real. Right you know, away. Like, uh, uh, like Tasmanian Devil, you know, when he spins around with that tornado. Still in the spin. That tornado, yeah. And, and, I, and Lucas, uh, you know, man, love that dude, man. He is my boy. He, he told me, he's like, man, just, just ride it. Ride that wave till it hits the beach. Yeah, and man. That's what I plan on doing. And, and I plan on making everything better that I can in the meantime. You know, so just to put in, in retrospect, th this box right here, 32 of these. Yeah, and like for the viewers, that's like what, probably like a four by two by three uh, box yeah, or it's, something? It's, it's a good, it's probably. Uh, it's like a run cam, three, full size cam box. box. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. About yeah. that size. Yeah, it's, you know, probably three by, by, well, it's probably three inches tall, four inches long, and two inches deep. Yeah. Something how like how was the experience, um, how was the experience for you traveling through security with that much gear? Dude, like, let me tell you. Yeah. Like, like, when I tell you about the Duchess, man, dude, as soon as, as soon as I, I got this job, man, she was finding out how to get passports she was finding out how to get pre-checked for tsa dude she i just heard we just heard about that tsa pre-check for fpv yes 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 sir and i'm telling you man i, I all i can say is i'm glad she's taken <laughs> because man, <laughs> she saved you like three days girl. of your life just in this oh uh, oh my gosh man no lie no lie you know i can't tell you like She's the best free personal assistant anybody <laughs> could ever have. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, it's um, you know I, I have not had one chance to slow down. Um, uh, the DCL gave us a whole new quad this year. 
um, 360 millimeter uh, from motor to motor. It's like an X frame. Um, this is it right here without the canopy. You yeah. know, I know your viewers can't see it, but I mean, it's it's a, probably a solid, you know, man, I would say 12 inch, 10 inch frame, you know? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it has to be minimum weight is 800 grams. You so know, 10 inch frame with what size props? Oh, we're, we're trying see that's the thing is we, we really hadn't even had a chance to do any testing or anything. We're, we're thinking about going with 60, uh, 60 fifties uh-huh. on, um, well, we're limited to a 2207 stator, Interesting. Uh, but we're going to go right, right. So what, what they're trying to slow it down, which yeah. I, I get, you know, so, and as a, as a racer, we're trying to speed it back up, you know, and. And every time we come up with something, they, they come up with a rule to, to slow us back down, which is, you know, I always compare it to like NASCAR with the restrictor plate racing and, you know, things like that. You know, on those big open tracks, man, I mean, the sky's the limit to what those things can do. But um, so anyway, so, uh, you know, had, had to get frames in from China. Had to get, you know, all of these parts in and stuff like that. And, and the frames I, are I, the same from team to team. Uh, yes and no, you're, you're allowed to have your own type of frame, but since it was implemented or since we found out about it in such a short time, I just went ahead and bought frames from DCDL. Um, but we are constantly, you know, trying to tweak and tune and, and, and figure things out. We're, we're coming up with, um, with, uh, you know, not necessarily quick detach arms, but arms that can be detached and, removed from the ESC without having to solder. So having like some kind of connector on there or something. Right, right. But which makes you know, total all the sense. Out, yeah. Right. But all connectors out there right now just wait you know, add so much weight to it. So we're, you know, we're you know, uh, I guess as much as I can say is we're de- trying to develop some sort of uh, way to streamline and, and to get get the racers back in the air quick. What, and do you guys just use like race wires now, so you don't have to get up towards the ESC? You can just hot swap it, like right there. Uh, yeah, well, we're having to. Well, see, this is the thing: is uh, X Nova uh, sponsored us, and they, they sent us thirty-two motors. Um, but like I said, they didn't get there till right before we left. So last Friday, um, uh, Rotor Riot, man. Uh, when I get a chance to, to thank all the people that have helped us, man, Rotor Riot, um, Jay over at Rotor Riot, he, he stopped what he was doing, man, and, and got us all ordered, uh, shipped it to four different addresses across the United States, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, he- helped out a lot. Came through in the clutch. Lot. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, so did the, the guys that made the, the did the jerseys for us, man. I, I think I ordered them last Tuesday. And we got them Friday, custom printed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, everything comes with a price. You know, everything was sent to my house. Uh, me and me and Angie, we sat up, man, like, you know, like we worked at a factory and just packaged all these boxes, like these goodie boxes, you know, and shipped them out. Next day aired them $630 worth of shipping, you know, for four boxes. You know, I mean, this stuff, it, it, it adds up quick, quick. Yeah, you know? and so which was gonna be one of my questions: Who pays for all this, man? Who pays for all the plane tickets and the Airbnbs and? 
Right. Um, well, we have uh, investors in the team, um, and what we're trying, well, we're having to rely on the investors who get, you know, uh, a percentage of our winnings and things like that uh, to recoup some of their investment. Uh, but we're, man, we're, we're searching hard for, uh, major sponsors in the U.S. that, that are businesses that, that are looking to get into the European market or are already in the European market and, and want, a, a stronger foothold. Um, you know, this is DCL's, uh, fourth year and, uh, I think it was the year before last, uh, in, in Paris, they did a live event. And it would had over a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand spectators there yeah. at the race, at the race, you know. And, and that's uh, another thing that just drew me into DCL is it's not just quad racing, you know what I mean? Drone racing, it's it's a team sport, you know. And I've had many, many, many debate with uh, racers about you know how. Multi-GP is the, the grassroots system, you know. Without them, I, I honestly believe that, that drone racing wouldn't be where it's at, you know. I love Tommy Bartek, man. Me and him have got some good stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave, um, <clears throat> Dave Roberts and, um, even Chris Thomas, you know, I met him for the first time in, uh, in Vegas this year, man. Super nice dude. Super great guys. Um, I love helping them out and stuff like that. Uh, but then, you know, it, everything progresses. So, you know, you progress from multi-GP to DRL, you know, and, and to me, DRL is the, is the, the top tier individual drone pilot, you know, and then to me, DCL is, is the top tier drone racing period because you take all of the individual racers that are just phenomenal and you put them together almost like a dream team like the like the basketball olympic team for the u.s you know what i mean and 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 i think that they they knew that because last year um uh surge from pyro flip uh he he was doing their team manager and you know he was trying to run you know power flip rc and manage and, and everything else and and they still came into a league and, and got second overall you know first Badass. year yeah you know, you know what i mean yeah. and, and stuff like that so so i think i might have bit off more than i can chew at the race by uh, Matt Andrews, the guy that announces uh, the commentators for DCL, I, I told him, I said, I bet him a hundred U.S. dollars that that Team Quad Force One will win every single race this year. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, I hope I, I hope I, I win that hundred dollars. But he said for good TV, he hopes I don't. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to watch the sweep. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and. And, and you're, I mean, that's a very, like, it's a very Euro team or, like, setup, isn't it? Like, a lot of those pilots yes. and stuff are not from over here. No, 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 not at all. Um, actually, um, the, the, the four uh, guys, Corey Ibanez, uh, Soren Anderson, Alex Campbell, and Evan Turner are, you know, Quad Force One Team USA, and, um, you know, you have... Uh, team from Russia this year, uh, team from, uh, uh, South Korea, uh, you know, you've got different, you know, uh, teams from different nationalities, seven different teams. Um, but 
not everybody on their team is from that country, you right, know, right? Except for except for America, and yeah. you know, and and you know, just as well as I do, man. There's just the dominance that comes from over here. It's 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 confidence, not cockiness, you know. Totally, and and that's what I love. That's what I love about you know the the you know the the team white goat you know the guys from memphis the race team you know we went to uh, columbus georgia last year and i met evan turner for the first time and we're always busting each other's balls and stuff like that and they told evan to go up and introduce himself to me and and say my name's evan i'm faster than you <laughs> you know <laughs> so, you know that, that's that's how and and i know he hates me telling that story but every time you know i'm around him i tell that story because it's 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 funny because it's it's kind of you know joking and you know you know what i mean it's like not that arrogant i mean yeah it's totally it's like when you're about right. to like take someone for a flight and you're like why don't you put the goggles on and watch the revolution you know, like right, you're just, right, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it's, you know, and you would expect somebody from his, uh, you know, his caliper of a racer, you know, being so well known to be kind of standoffish or whatever, you know. But man, he is one of the most polite kids and just well respected. And you know, I'll probably make him now where he's got to go out and slap a baby or, or you know, cuss somebody out just to prove me wrong <laughs> you yeah. know but but you know and he, even his parents like his dad kevin man me and him talk just about every single day you know uh so uh, me and uh, alex's dad uh steve you know the three of us talk like you know like like we've been friends forever and 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 i love that i love that aspect of it how i think it's that's been a big thing, you know, as like hosting this podcast and having like Van over and Soren on is I gain a lot of respect. These kids are on like another level of maturity for what they are. You know, like when I was yeah. that age playing with toys, I was not nearly as focused. And it was interesting having like Soren and Vanover on because they're both super fast and they had totally different outlooks on it. And both were way above their age, it seemed like, like both mm-hmm. their outlooks oh, yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I keep having to remind myself that Soren is only 15, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, we're, in, we're in a group chat, and I'm like, hey, uh, we need to get this taken care of. And he's like, boom, I'm on it. I got it. You know, it, it's just, you it's, know. It's incredible. Right, right. It, it really is. It, it's, it's funny because it's, you know, they're still kids, and they are preoccupied, you know, but you know, some seem to be more focused than others and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'll have to repeat stuff in the chat several times about, Hey, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. But you know, me, I'm running around crazy. I'm like, Hey, I know y'all have already sent me this three times, but send it to me again. again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's tit for tat, you know, stuff like that. But it, it's awesome for all of us to, to get along, to be spread out all over the United States like that. You know, we all, we all talk, every day several times a day yeah i mean i think the team thing is super cool i think it you know can i get to the hang on just a second that's uh yeah yeah the, the wife's calling the Duchess calling. i'm gonna run to the hey, restroom and get some water okay 
Oh, that's where we were at, the the team thing. So I, as most of my listeners know, I'm super into cars and Formula One being the top of it. And to me, that's always been cool because they have like, it's like the drivers and the constructors championship. So like the racers win the races, but the team can win their own championship, like as a collective unit, even though everybody competes individually. And I think that that's like a real future um, in drone racing. Because to me personally, I see DRL being like kind of like a bottleneck at a certain point. Um, like I think spec racing is super cool, but I think the way they have to adhere to the entertainment side takes away from the competition. Like I know exactly. that a couple of those pilots have had, you know, technical video issues and stuff like that. And since they're on a film shoot, basically they can't like run a re-race or give them a fair shot at their competition. And the pilots know run. that going in and I totally respect that because their final product is amazing. But DCL seems more to me like it's a hardcore about racing. What are you looking for? Uh, uh, a horn's honking in the parking lot, and I was just making sure it wasn't our real <laughs> Cool. No, wait, is that church bells? Well, no, I wanted to make sure that our on, car was On this episode, I've never been to Europe. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Yep, yep, yep. You know, and, and that's and that's another thing is, uh, you know, back in, when we went to Vegas, uh, I got to meet Nub and Nurk and stuff like that, and um, I was helping check, you know, re- uh, register pilots and stuff like that. And I mean, it, it was it was Nurk and Nub and stuff like that, and no, or Nurk didn't have his uh, AMA card, and I was like, you know, I mean, I, I know you're Nurk, but I also know that I can't show you any favoritism over, you know, Joe Smith over here just because you're a nerd. You know yeah. what I mean? I made him, I made him go track down his AM car, AMA card and bring it back to me, you know? And, and, and he was super cool about it. He was like, you know, I understand. And I told him, I was like, I was like, you know, you are that, that video of the year, that train video, man, that, that hooked me, that, that, sunk that that hook deep i think a lot of people feel that way oh yeah i'm i'm more of a freestyler than a than a racer <clears throat> and but i um <clears throat> excuse me I, I love the racing aspect of it and, and i definitely think that it can go somewhere but uh but you know i i, I really want to get you know nerd or nub or you know somebody just to, to come on a trip with us and just just to see you know how you know that it's really not joining the dark side it's you know uh, it's it's like uh nascar and formula one you know it's both car racing but it's separate yeah totally different you know what i mean and then they both can coexist and and that's what the the hurdle we're having to overcome is it seems like you have to dedicate your loyalty to one or the other you know and 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 it's just not that case at all in in my opinion I think that's a, such a good point, and I wish they wouldn't see it like that, because um, ra- like car racing is totally like that, and like this year um, alone, Fernando Alonso is going for the tree pe- three peat. So last year he won Le Mans, he's won Formula One, and he's trying to win Indy this year, so he can just get the three on his wall, 
and call it a right. career. And I'm like, that's a really like it'd be cool if a racer could be like, oh, in 2016 I did, you know, I did DRL and I was right. a champion, and like then I did DR one, and then I've been on DCL, for, you know, like and just move around. And I think maybe with yeah. money and like teams and stuff, you know, pilots would be able to be like, oh, you know, DCL <clears throat> picked up this for 2019, we should go to that track or. Right. It'll go back right. And forth. Well, see, and, and I definitely think that that is one of the advantages uh, DCL has. Is you know, who else races at the Great Wall of China, right? Or Olympic Dude, Park and in Munich. You know that, what I mean? Totally. And when I lucky enough just to get to visit that as a tourist, but to race it, yeah, like you know, how many how many people? How many people? You can count on one hand how many people are <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great Wall of China. And that was the biggest thing. Um, like, no offense to multi-GP or anything, but when I saw drone racing happening when I first got into it, I didn't want to get into it at all because I was like, this is a two-dimensional sport and we have three-dimensional machines. I don't see it. But now, like, you know, seeing, like, what's going on in um, LAX where you guys just were and, like, your guys' tracks, like, it's really becoming, like, a, let's set up a racetrack that has, like, three-dimensional aspects to it and follows the contour of the terrain we're in, not just right. set up gates and, in a field, you know. It's like, let's go up right. over that. And I think that's what's been missing from a spectator's point. And the racers have got to love it, too. Like, they'll race either oh, way, yeah. but it's so much cooler. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, and one thing I can say about MultiGP this year at uh, the National Champions, man, they, they you know, introduced a, a couple of, of awesome obstacles, you know, um, for as, you know, gates and things like that, you know, that, that I thought was, you know, thinking outside the box. Definitely. You know? so but was, like living but here, it, like it, you're it, in it, Zurich and I live in Colorado, I can see the mountains and I'm like, I want to see a race that has like a hundred foot cliff involved in it somehow. You right, know, like right. That's we, we were dri- going that style. Right. I mean, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's an hour and a half drive from Zurich to Lock, and you know you can see it's like driving from Kansas to to Denver. You know what I yeah. mean? You can see the the mountains forever. You know, yeah. and it's like when you finally get there and you start winding around and you're seeing waterfalls and dude, I, I've seen and so those many mountains where you are is like so dramatic oh, too. It's like, I mean, dude, they're not, they're shorter than our mountains, but the vertical gain they get is higher. Oh yes. It's oh, incredible. Yes. I mean, the whole time driving here, I was like, man, I can't wait to pick up the guys, man. We're going to stop here. We're going to stop there. We're going to stop here. You know, so many different places to just to go and just, you know, fly and things like that, you know, just, that's that's one thing I, I definitely don't think that these these kids you know grasp and and I call them kids. Uh, Corey's twenty five, uh, Alex is twenty three. You know, yeah, kids to me. Um, you know, they just they just don't grasp you know where they're at at the moment. That's what know? I was gonna mention too. Okay, yeah, like so you you know waited this long to go out of the country. Um, and like this is a whole new experience, and these kids are going through it. You know, like eons before you got to and is that like an interesting perspective like you're probably the background like you guys don't realize how amazing this is and sometimes they're probably tucked away in the moment focused a bit on like what's right in front of them instead of the novelty of like we're in wherever flying machines radio controlled right well and that's why i always try well i'm trying to get here a couple of days before uh, that way, you know, uh, I, I'm in constant contact with all their parents, you know, before the race, you know, I, I give them a list of all of the important information, hospitals, you know, hotels where we're staying and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and I try to m- make them 
come a day early or stay a day afterwards just to soak it all up. You know what I mean? Just to, so you're not rushing from the airport to fly and then rushing right back. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, you're getting to stop and smell the smell fresh the air smell. a little. Yeah. 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 And, That's a good and, call. Um, Probably better yeah, for their mentality I, too. By the end of the season, they're yeah, not just like, sure. I've been in a time warp. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, we we flew from Memphis to uh, Newark, New Jersey last night and then caught a red eye from Newark to Zurich. Uh, our plane took off at like one o'clock in the morning and landed here, you know, uh, you know, like probably 11 o'clock this morning here. So yeah. it was, Did you, you stay know, up? You make it through? Uh, shoot, no, shoot, no. I, um, I uh, usually will take me a couple of uh, Benadryls or Tylenol PMs right yeah. when we're pushing back. And um, it's, uh, man, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Um, but then once I'm you landed, out. did you stay up the whole day, like from 11 to 11? Oh, now? yeah. I've, yeah. Be, I've been up ever since then because, it, man, it's. Dude, it's, it's, you beat it on day one. If you go to bed on that first day, you are screwed. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it is so funny that, that you, you're saying that because whenever I went to France, um, I was staying in Cannes and I had to fly out of uh, Nice. Well, I uh, <laughs> my flight left at seven in the morning, so the trains don't start running till five thirty, and the taxis and Ubers stop around two o'clock in the morning. So I was like, all right, do I want to chance the train and? get there in the nick of time to catch my flight or do I want to get there early and have enough time but not get any sleep? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to chance it. So uh, I called an Uber to the to the airport, got to the airport because it's about an hour drive. Got there about three. The airport don't even open till four. So I had to wait till the airport opened and then uh, wait for my flight, caught my flight to Madrid. I flew from Nice to Madrid, got to Madrid Went and checked in and everything like that, and went and sat by the gate and just crashed. Well, um, there was three. There was at least three hundred people on this flight. I mean, so it was crowded. So they uh, they delayed it for two hours. So you know, like whatever. So uh, after about two hours, they're like, "All right, we're ready to load up." So we all load up and put our bags up. And man, I'm already just exhausted. So I, you know, I pop a couple of um, Nyquil gel caps. You know. And knock out. So next thing I know, dude next to me, he's like, hey, we got to get off the plane. Uh, uh, something was wrong with the plane, so the pilot, you know, canceled the flight. So uh, here I am in Madrid, Spain. Hadn't slept in a day and a half. Just popped two NyQuil. You Kinda know, high. Um, <laughs> Starting to right, see shit. <laughs> right, just in this, yeah, exactly. Just in this fog, you know. And the one time I checked my bag was then. You know, so then I had to find where to where to go to find my bag. Uh, I finally found it. I mean, it was the only brush camo bag in Madrid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not <laughs> like it was hard to find. But then luckily found the the, the a shuttle to the hotel. Uh, went to the hotel, checked in, man, and crashed for like three hours. I woke up to like empty cans and chip wrappers. I've done destroyed the mini bar, you know. Yeah. Don't even remember it. But, uh, get up about eleven. Yeah, get up about eleven that night and and uh, go downstairs. You know, eat dinner and then uh, have to reschedule my flight for the next day. Do all that stuff. So they're like, "Well, it, it." While I was on the phone with him, he's like, "It just got 
delayed for two hours. So instead of leaving at noon, it left at two. I was like, cool. So I get to sleep a couple extra hours, did all that, got me some good sleep, got up, went to the airport the next day and I get up there and check in and go to the gate and there's nobody there. Nobody, not even the person that works there. I'm like, all right, great. So I walk back to the, to the ticket booth <laughs> and I'm like, hey, there's nobody down here. And he was like, surprised. He was like, what? Nobody's down there? I was like, no, nobody's down there. So he gets on the phone and he's like, oh, okay. I see. All right. I'll let him know. And at this point, dude, I'm so over this trip. I'm like, just rip this band aid off and just tell me what it is. Yeah. He was like, um, he was I'm not like, even everybody mad at you else. <laughs> right, right. He was like, uh, the uh, everybody else found different flights home. There's only five passengers on this airplane, and there's nine stewardess. So we, like, me and four other people had this triple seven to ourselves. So, it like, was, this whole situation, just party bonus turnaround. Oh, yeah. It's like all this bullshit I just went through and all of this stuff I just ran my ass through to get done, all the – just everything. It was like, you know what? Here's the universe saying, here's your reward for busting your yeah, ass. Like, you know? I'll have this stewardess bring me a Coke and that one bring me pretzels. Oh, yeah. well, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, is, you know, they, they were, you know, apologizing because it, it, it got delayed another hour or two or something like that. And I was like, that's fine as long as I can catch my – my connecting flight in Dallas, Fort Worth to get back to Memphis. I'm cool. So, you know, and it was a four hour layover. Yeah. You got some wiggle. So they're like, Oh yeah. So they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. You know? So we get on the plane and they're like, we're going to, we're going to bump y'all all up to business class. Like, like, we don't have to walk as far. Honestly, it's easier right. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> so if we just put all y'all right here, we don't have to walk this whole plane a million times. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they, they put us in business class, and uh, I've never been more pampered in my entire life in business class. And it was uh, it was the best 10-and-a-half-hour 10 10 hour flight I've ever been on. I've walked past business class several times wishing, but, you know, never, never have actually – been able to do it, but it was it was nice because it was kind of like a. I was going to ask you your craziest travel story too. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good one. <laughs> and you know what's so crazy is, is I've only been doing this since you know the middle of February. So you know I, I've I've flown. You're fresh more in it, man. This year than I have my entire life. You know. Yeah. On the note of traveling, what what are your thoughts on those Euro breakfasts with all the cold cuts and different types of rolls and tomatoes and? I uh, I was telling my wife that I was like, man, I looked forward to breakfast over in France because you know they had you know eggs and and, and other kind of stuff like that, and I was like, man, I just I just filled myself up because lunch and dinner sucked, <laughs> you know, because it was just. They served you some stuff in a cup that just, you know, looked like they just dipped it out of the bottom of the ocean, you know what I mean? And which to each their own, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I can say I, I tried it and it's not for me. I don't I like think that's what you got to do, right? You you're allowed to exactly. have an opinion if you've tried it. Right, right. I mean, yeah. and that's what I've told my kids. My my son is 22 years old, and my daughter, she'll be 21 in uh June. 
Dude, you're almost and free, I, man. I oh yeah, <laughs> oh, you'll never be free. You'll never be free. My son's twenty-two. My mom says, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a parent thing, and you know, uh, when when you have kids, you'll you'll understand it. But you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I don't care what you do, just give it a hundred percent. You know, if it's picking up cigarette butts in the parking lot, man, give it a hundred percent. Because if at the end of that, you can say, I don't like that. You can say honestly. I don't like that. Yeah, you know? I tried it 100%, and it's not for me. <clears throat> right. I mean, I, I tried to get them to, to be a plumber because in my service business, I, I could never find a plumber. So I, I learned plumbing myself and quickly realized, man, I was, I was making $65 an hour, you know. And, and I told him, I was like, man, you know, I'll pay for your school to go to plumbing, get your license and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I don't want to be a plumber. I said, Nobody grows up and says they want to be a plumber. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> that's, that's definitely not something on career day that's – that everybody's rushing to, to look to look at. But, you know, whenever I, I told him, I was like, by the time you're my age, man, you could be signing checks. You won't have to touch anything. Yeah, you know? and, I mean, what you're going to make aside, you're going to save so much knowing how to do plumbing. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, we for at sure, our house, sure. we have, like, a professional snake thing. Um, and that our oh, family, yeah. oh, we that, all split it, oh, like the fam. Man. And uh, oh, so we yeah. have one in the family, and we've saved, like, God, I don't know how much over the course of, like, the last oh, 10 years with that thing. The the smallest one that I had was uh, probably about $4,000. Yeah. You know, and it came, like, on a dolly. And then... Um, yeah, that's how the, this know, one's, like, a, you got a... It's a machine. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get a glove cut in it or anything. No. Oh, God, no, man. Man, no. Uh, um, I, I would charge, man, $300 an hour. You know, you, you need your cleaned out, your pipes cleaned out, 300 bucks. If I had to stick a camera down it, man, that's another $400. You know, that's $700 for two, three hours worth of work, um, you know? Yeah, and this brings up an interesting thing that, like, has been a topic in my life a lot. Do you find, like, you know, like being a plumber or, like, being a cop where your work is very black and white or, like, at least in front of you, like, a cop is definitely not black and white, but you know what's expected of you and you have this set up. Is right. it do you find doing this kind of work where you're doing like logistics and coordinating, is it still as rewarding or do you have to like shift your perspective on it to see that reward? You know, cause like as a plumber, um, you're like job complete. Yeah. It looks great. Water yeah. runs. Here's my end goal in front of me. And a cop right, is kind right. of like that too. Right. With this, um, I guess it's, it's several little goals. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And as soon as I, as soon as I achieve those little goals, you know, like it, it's self satisfaction. Like you know, getting all of these boxes ready for my pilots and then shipping them out. You know, and and you know, we have canopies on the DCL quads this year. And you know, I, I kind of took it amongst myself to I went and got some vinyl printed and covered every single one of these canopies by hand myself. You know, um, because I, I wanted these guys to, when they opened these boxes to be like, holy shit, that thing looks like it's moving a hundred miles an hour. just just sitting still, you know, yeah. I, I definitely, you know, uh, it's, um, the, I get this, the satisfaction I, I, I love is, is knowing that whatever I'm doing, like for somebody, it's, it's above and beyond what they expect. Cool. That's a good way to put it. Um, and on the topic of you being a cop, what's the craziest cop story you got? <laughs> you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. <laughs> Do you ever miss it? I, uh, the, well, the only thing I ever miss are the car chases. 
Yeah. <laughs> those, those were a lot of fun. But the uh, the bureaucracy bullcrap that went along with it was, um, man, it was. I can't even imagine, man. Oh yeah, it's it's you know whenever I see I grew up in the suburbs, man. I was oblivious. I was you know oblivious to inner city life, so I had no idea. But then you know when you're thrown into the lion's den, you know the only thing you know how to do is either survive or or die, you know and. And, and it's like a whole nother animal. They, they can, they can smell fear, sense fear there, you know, and it, you, you might be scared to death, but you better not let them show it or, or sense it. You know what I mean? And my sister told me ever since I was a little kid that I never had a sense of fear. And I mean, I, I really don't because I, I never, I never got scared on the police department. I mean, there were several instances where I got nervous, you know, but uh, never scared. Um, I guess it's probably a lot of the, the ADD that I have. You know, my mind's already running a million miles an hour. No time for worries. You, oh, yeah. Well, then when you throw the adrenaline dump on it, I explain it to people. It's kind of like the little cards you flip to see the little man running or whatever. Oh, uh, the flip books? Yeah, flip books. You know, yeah. it, my mind's like that. It's going so fast, it seems like it's slowing down. You know, yeah. and and I can focus more. I can, you know, I, I can, you know, I, they, they I, say. Yeah, I totally feel you. Um, like I used to work in a restaurant for my entire life, and I've never been able to think or like be more focused and on point than with like the stress of an entire dinner rush on like New Year's Eve. Like in those right. moments, I have like the best clarity when you have like all this on your shoulders. Right, right, just, yeah. I think it's because you so, don't have time to think about it. You know, you're like exactly. so knee deep in it that you're like, all right, next yeah. thing, next thing, next thing. Right, right. And then that's where, you know, people used to make fun of me, you know, because um, all I ever wanted to do was uh, fly helicopters when I was a little kid. You know, when I graduated high school, Clinton was in office and he was downsizing the military. So to get into, you know, military to fly, you know, you, you damn near had to score 100 on your ASVAB. So um, the second best thing was the police department because uh, everything's on the bid system, you know, seniority there. So I, you know, put myself through flight school and, and stuff like that and just sat there and just all I had to do was wait my turn. And uh, I got injured uh, January of November or January of 14. And then they made me retire in November of 14. And then in February of 15, somebody with five years less time than I had got the aviation bid. Oh, I mean, and that, and that hurt my, hurt my feelings bad. But the point of the story is, is, uh, you know, one of my good friends, he, he wanted to learn how to fly and stuff like that. And we were got to talking, his wife was talking about, I'll never fly in one of those little airplanes, you know, this, that, and the other. And I told her, I said, I would fly in one of those little airplanes quicker than I would any other airplane because, those little airplanes, uh, they have, um, um, you can stay at a certain airspeed and you can glide for a cer certain distance as long as you stay at that airspeed. And uh, that's a lot of the emergency procedures, you know. Uh, these, that's these your insurance policy. Small... Right, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, my son was the same way. I used to take him flying with me all the time, and, and I told him, I was like, you know, you, you, yeah, you can get up there and you can sightsee and stuff like that, but your number one focus has to be that airplane keeping it in the air. And there's so much going on that you really don't have time to do everything else. And, and, and a lot of the times, I feel like, in my opinion, it's it's because people don't practice emergency procedures. They don't practice, you know, they don't do all that kind of stuff. It's like with, with drone racing. 
you can't expect somebody who doesn't ever fly to get out there and run with the best of them. Yeah. You know, without practicing, you know, so it's, you know, you, you, anything, nothing, nothing comes easy in this life. You know, hard work pays off and, and I'm living proof of that. Yeah. Um, also do people in police chases get away? Real talk. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a game. It's, it's statistics, it's a game. right? Um, too like right, right. I mean, they're running to get away. We're chasing to catch sport bikes you know, mostly. I would think them. sometimes they get away. You know, and, and, and that's where a, a lot of of the police go wrong. Is you know they they can't separate business and personal. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's business. It's straight business. This guy just didn't you know. Um, do whatever to me personally you know he did something to someone yeah but not to me personally and they just they take it that way like they just got spit in the face or whatever and it's it's like that no matter what like with my maintenance business i I hired my cousin you know my baby cousin and you know i told him i was like your family i said but i will fire you quicker than anybody else because i hired you to do a specific job and that's what i expect yeah you know I think that's the. I mean, I worked with my family for like 15 years, uh, and I totally get it. You got to have, you know, it makes it better if you're honest and, you know, you can be critical and a nice guy. Right, right. Yeah. It is constructive criticism. That, yeah. And that's what I used to tell them. I was like, you know, it's constructive said, criticism. It's only- you know why you can't cook? Because you're stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's what I, what, you know, like any one of my guys, man, I'll crawl up under a house, I'll dig a hole, you know, it, stuff like that doesn't bother me. Um, manual labor, for some reason, man, it, it just, I loved it. You know, I told my guys, if you don't have to take a shower when you get home in the afternoons, you you haven't done anything. That's, you haven't yeah. worked. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and bless bless his heart, my cousin, he's a, he's a, he's a big dude. And um, we were having to replace some gas pipe under a house one time. And and I'm all, I was already running, you know, stretched thin as it was. And so I get over there and, you know, uh, and he was trying to crawl through this little bitty crawl space. And, and I was like. Jeremy, I, I appreciate it. I really do, you know, for trying. I said, but if if you got up under there, we could only get you out with the fire department. So let's just <laughs> you know, let's not add another, you know, log on this fire. So you know, it, it's all about problem solving and, and and just getting it done. You know, I, I always try to have a backup plan to a backup plan, so that when something does go wrong, I've already got something. You know. Doesn't catch off guard, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Going back to the DCL stuff, something I want that you mentioned that I hadn't really thought of. Um, When you were going through this draft process, what did you look for in pilots? Uh, Man, speed, obviously, but well, uh, you know, speed was was one of them. But speed, speed is something you can teach. You know what I mean? Speed is something you can teach, and. The way they did it was, um, you know, they had the online qualifier, and then, you know, if you qualified in the top 200, you know, you got invited to the draft. And I think, like, 68, 67 people, something like that, showed up. Well, they um, they changed uh, the controller on them, so they had to use the X-Lite, you know. So if you used the X-Lite, you had somewhat of an advantage. But then they changed, everybody, they changed everybody's rates. So they gave, you know, you 10 minutes behind stage to fly these new rates. Well, then whenever they brought you on stage, uh, they gave you three minutes of uh, 
practice and then you ran three races and they changed the latency. So they were just constantly throwing you curveballs. And what I was looking for was people not necessarily, well, out of so, I didn't know that. That just blew my mind that that's what they were doing. Yeah, just messing yeah. with them, man. Like, oh, here right. it's well, like I it's mean, like Navy SEAL week, man. Like, are you going to go run down well, a beach here? Yeah, do it I wet mean, and sand. Know, <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, and, and this is this is this is a big deal. You know what I mean? It, it's a big deal to uh, be invited by DCL. And I mean, it could a, change your a, life. You could. It absolutely could. And out of the sixty-something pilots that flew. Three or four actually finished all four races, or all three races, excuse me. Um, and then I think it was four. So out of those four, what I did was um, I started a leaderboard. I, I took those four that completed the three races, did them in times. Uh, I looked for consistency in those times. And then I went to who finished two races and then one race. And I would say over half the people that flew didn't even finish any race. Wow. They just straight up, yeah, they, they, they got up there and they just automatically got in that mindset, I can't do this, or got frustrated, or this or that, you know, and, and stuff like that, and just just let their, their emotions overwhelm them and, and take control, you know. And in a situation like that, you know, I, I even talked to them, some of the guys before, I was like, you know, slow is fast, slow is yeah. fast, you it's know, true, just yeah. get out there and... and we're not looking for the fastest times. We're not looking for, you know, you to to be able to <clears throat> fly through gates upside down or, or whatever. Nothing fancy. You just, I want you to fly, you know. And and uh, my number one pick, Kent Bill um, from uh, from the USA, I think he was probably, man, honestly, without the stats in front of me, I, I want to say he was probably something around 50th ranked. Maybe, um, but dude came up there on stage, answered all the questions, you know, we, or, you know, told us, you know, he said stuff about him and stuff like that. Got up there, blew his races. He, he might've, he might've completed two of the races. I, mean, I know at least one of them because everybody that didn't finish any of them, I just threw away the paper. Yeah. <clears throat> no disrespect. Take note for next year, kids. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, there was just no data to, to collect from it, no consecutive data anyway. But, uh, you know, and then after the race was over, you know, um, we got the chance to, you know, ask them questions and stuff like that. And just a very uh, collected kid, you know, um, very, um, very articulate, you know, just, you know, he had all the right answers in my opinion. Um, and uh, so that's why I picked him first. Um, you know, I, I picked uh, four guys from from European countries. You know, they weren't all just from USA. I picked two from the USA and then four from from different countries. Um, uh, a guy named Pure uh, that uh, he was flying on the DRL Sim tournaments, uh, Chase for uh, Vegas. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, Lucas or not Lucas, but uh, Adrian, another really good friend of mine. Uh, his name's It's Charles. And, uh, man, every Thursday, man, we, we would stream those races. And, and, and that's how, man, I, I got into it, into it. Because you're just like, man, you just, you know, come on, come on, come on. You know, you're just wanting him to win so bad. And uh, Pure Ray was always right there just knocking its Charles off. 
just every single week after week after week. And uh, I finally got to to meet him over in France, and I was like, man, I said, I can't tell you how many nights I've cussed you, you know, for, for knocking <laughs> my friend out of the tournament or whatever. But, you know, as a pilot, he's awesome. Killing it. You know, and, um, and uh, you know, uh, we, we're, we're having a, a camp for some kids at a school in Memphis uh, this summer, quad camps and stuff like that, trying to get kids into it and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to invite him and a couple other pilots, you know, over to, uh, you know, speak or do instruction at some of these camps and, and things like that and, and work on their, their piloting skills from, you know, uh, more professional pilots to, you know, if, if I want to give them that opportunity if, if they want it to yeah. get to the next level. Definitely. Um, yeah, this advent of the whole like sim qualifying thing is so cool to me. And it's such a cool way to get into it. Um, I was never, like I said, been into racing. But recently, I don't know if anybody's noticed, my friend Greg Ryder turned me onto this. But I've just been going through the DRL leaderboards and just like made it a goal to be top 20 on every DRL track in the sim. And I'm down to like, I've gotten like five. I think on one I'm like top eight. Um, but do you think that like, you could go from like being a heavy freestyle pilot, do one of these competitions and then go into racing. Like, do you see people that fly freestyle being able to adapt well to racing? Cause it's about like the quad doing what you envision it to do. So if you can do that, you can adapt it to race lines versus mm-hmm. roles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a guy on uh, team white goat, uh, Ross Finn. He, uh, he was a freestyler that got converted into uh, racing and an awesome, awesome freestyle pilot. I mean, and, and a great, you know, great racer. You know what I mean? Uh, for sure. <clears throat> if, if, as I guess someone outside looking in, if I made a suggestion to people, it would be to, um, especially with the new Emacs Tiny Hawk. Um, this last year when they came out, you know, all of us, I think we ordered 20, 20 something of them, you know, and, uh, we, we hold races at different places, you know, during the winter. Um, one of my really good friends, he's a, a general manager at a Laser Tron family park place or whatever. And it's a good you know, friend. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. great friend, <clears throat> great friend, you know, because uh, he, he never would charge us for, you know, racing there or anything like that. And I mean, this, this is like 7,500 square feet of just open space yeah. that we could design any course that we wanted to and and i mean we we had guys you know driving two three hours for a for a, a tiny hawk race you know what i mean that, which is unheard of yeah but <clears throat> that that's the thing is you know all of my races is that i wanted my next one to be better than the last one i wanted people to be like man i, I wonder what this race is going to be like or, or whatever you know and that got me <clears throat> more out of the racing aspect into the the organization and, and stuff like that to where I'm at now. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. I think, I mean, those are all the questions that I had. Do you have any questions or things you want to mention? <clears throat> no, no, man. Um, I I greatly appreciate you uh, you having us on. Um, and see, in perfect example of, of what I was saying is I thought my jersey didn't get packed, but but Angie came up here, went straight to it, and got it out of the suitcase. Got it. I dug through it. I dug through it, and and you know she came in here and gave me them eyes, and you know, and said, "Here you go." 
uh, do want to give a um, you know a, a big shout out to you yeah, know, some of our sponsors. sponsors. Uh, Team Black Sheep, man, dude, I, I I don't care what you think about them or their products, man. They are some of the best guys I've ever met. Um, for as stepping up and just saying, hey, how can we help y'all? You know, and, and definitely doing that. Uh, Fox here, you know, they um, they helped us out with a lot of cameras. They gave us, you know, a lot of the new uh, uh, Predator cameras. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Flight One, Preston, uh, Alex Campbell went out to Phoenix and spent about a week out there with him, you know, trying to develop some stuff and still working on some stuff for us. Um, and him and his wife, uh, Andrea, man, have just been super awesome, super awesome. Um, and let's uh, be honest, we all know I, how Flight One flies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, and I try to compare, you know, tell people about it. It's like comparing Windows to Apple. You know, whenever I was trying to teach my wife about all this That's kind a good stuff, way to put about it. How, about how, you know, Windows, you can put it on a HP, an IBM, or, or whatever. You know, it's open source. And then, you know, Flight One, like Mac, you can only get it on a Mac. Yep. You know, and, and the one thing about Macs is they they don't let you get to the stuff that can mess stuff up. Like Windows can, you know what I mean? Which is a blessing like, like or a Windows. curse, depending on the person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Me, oh man, my dad. He uh, he he. After he retired, he went back and got his IT degree, and you know, and he was he was our IT guy, man. Everything, <laughs> and and man, I'm telling you, I, I could screw up some stuff quick, and he would get in there and just da 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 da, and he was like, "Here, try this Mac," and I was like, "Man, I don't want a Mac, all this kind of stuff." So. <laughs> I got it, and I was just like, "Man, this is awesome!" I just I click what I want, and it opens. It asks and then, me the question of you right, know, right, right. It's, it's like you know, and then as soon as uh, you know, uh, I found out about Flight One, I was just like, "Okay, so you just plug it up, and it asked me, am I racing or is it freestyle?" What, yeah, what VTX what is this? And... Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, so I don't have to guess, and you know, all this other crap, and I mean, and then I can literally build a quad and be flying, you know, in an hour, you know? So, so Preston, he, he's definitely got his, his finger on the pulse, uh, in, in the, in the drone community and the racing community and stuff like that. And kudos to him. He's, he's an awesome guy, man. He's, he's one of those guys that you can message and man, he'll, he'll message you back. Or if you bring up a topic in a, in a Facebook post, man, he'll, he'll comment on it or yeah. whatever, you know, straight, straight. Just man, awesome guy, awesome guy. Can't say enough about him. Um, Charlie over at Hobby Wing, man, that dude right there. I, I met him in um, in Vegas. I didn't know who he was or anything like that. And we just started, you know, up a conversation, talking and stuff like that, and just helping him do whatever he needed help doing, just because that's what I do. And uh, come to find out, I mean, he was, you know, a major guy up at Hobby Wing, and. Um, and, you know, I, we were having problems uh, uh, with flight controllers and things like that. And he was like, hey, you know, here, um, here's uh, here, here's this code, you know, check out and put this code in and, you know, help you out a lot, you know. Yeah. So Charlie, Charlie, man, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, Surge is going to hate this, but RDQ, man, they have they have been awesome. They have been awesome. They, uh, they, man, they trying to just put this without just 
Don't you go crying on me, Dwayne. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, uh, right, right. I mean, trust me. And I, I have laid in bed and, and just thought about how how awesome this community is because uh, I've you know gone to these people and said, "Hey, who I am, and this is what I'm doing," and they're like, "Consider it done." You know, consider it done. And and, and it's just awesome. It's just awesome. And and if, and if there's any way that I could, you know plug them or, or anything like that i always always get the chance to do it and the same thing with x nova you know uh kind of cutting it close with x nova but you know um they uh they you know they sent us some motors and stuff like that but um uh, rotor riot those guys right there like i was saying jay over at rotor riot man um he, we got on the phone with him and he was like all right i'll stop what i'm doing to make sure this gets out today and y'all have what y'all need you know um so yeah, I just I, I just can't thank everybody that's helped us out a, a enough. Hey, yeah, those are some good companies too. Well, sweet yes, man. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck on your uh, travels and good luck to the boys out there, man. Represent America. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, so yeah. So if everybody gets a chance to check out the stream, man, the uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, America as as. As you can be, you know, from our from our canopies down to you know our, our jerseys it. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I want people to to. I don't want people to wonder who we are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if when you have streams like that and stuff coming up, if you want to remind me, I'll announce it on the podcast. Sure. Yes, sir. So I sure free. will. We've got. Uh, we've actually <clears throat> Quad Force One. We've got a, a website up now. It's just quadforceone.com. dot com, and uh, we're trying to get. Um, uh, trying to get it uh, linked to our website. Um, Dave Myers, uh, his pilot name's uh, Drony Daniels. Um, That's great. Man, he is. That's great. Right, I know. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, man, dude, he is. He has been working his ass off with our website um, and printing us 3D parts. You know, like I said, man, the guys at 901. Man, second to none, second to none. Like everybody, you know, everybody comes together. Like, you know, like I, I said, hey, you know, we, we, I was like, hey, I, I need this done. Who can help me? And you know, I've got three or four people. I can, I can, I can, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, I definitely can't, can't, you know, think I couldn't have done it without, without all the guys that. Yeah, I think uh, the, the smart people in the FPV ecosystem understand that it's not big enough for like just a few of us to make it. Like we're still at the stage where like all of us have to make it for this to keep being a thing, you know. <clears throat> right, right, right. And, and you know, the, the way I am is, you know, I'm not trying to hit a home run. I'm just trying to get on base. Yeah, deal with that later. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you have yourself a good night, and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you down the road. All right, Mark, man. It was uh, it was nice meeting you, and I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, shout out to Soren for setting this up, man. Have a good one. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right, thanks. All right.